Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Hola, me amo David Cox. <laughs> Good. And I'm Josh Matheson. Can you also say soy? Soy. David Cox. You can, can't you? What does yeah. that mean? Soy I is am. I am. So, je suis. Oh. And me amo is my name is. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> saying this, like, people are going to assume because of my surname that I actually speak Spanish. And all that's uh, going to happen is Noah's really. going to be listening going, that was all entirely lost. Ole, wrong. Me amo Matu Gonzalves. Esto es el Lazy Book Club. Sorry, That was starting to go a little bit Japanese as well. It was. Well, the real reason we're here is to look at chapters 13 and 14 of Pinocchio. Should have done Italian. <laughs> now, if I remember correctly, last week, they threw a bit of a curveball at us and actually gave us a chapter title for once instead of a mini blurb. Well, it ruined the whole premise of me spending hours, hours. slaving over... Yeah. <laughs> Concocting a jingle. Not the five minutes before we recorded. Nope. A couple of weeks Don't ago. lie. It was not hours. There's no <laughs> way you can pass that monstrosity off as hours. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Although, to be fair, even even though the title was weird, it was definitely worth the wait for. I mean, the Inn of the Red Lobster, he strikes again. But it sounds like more of a Lewis Carroll-y title. It does. Yeah, we're going to meet some like Red Lobster who's going to tell him him suicidal thoughts or something. Oh, there's going to be another quadrille, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah. This is the crossover. This is the Pinocchio Alice in Wonderland crossover episode. Yeah. Well, last week we had a rather interesting thing where Pinocchio pleaded for Harlequin's life and Fire Eater managed to find it in his heart to let the marionette off. Is this and where we have to do a formal apology? I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, re- listeners. We completely forgot that we'd given Fire Eater a voice already and then just decided to recast him halfway through. Why not? Yeah. Well, this this happens in life. You know, they'll be doing a show and then they'll find like a, a celebrity that they want to do it and they'll go, Sorry, you know, I gave you that contract that you're going to be playing that part. Yeah. We found someone better. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. what do I do? So Fire Eater the Wrestler got replaced by yeah, he's got standby. Italian Cookie Monster the Wrestler because he yes. had more Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But also sometimes, sometimes uh, they, I don't know what happens, but sometimes actors change their accent halfway through a TV show. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Game of Thrones and early doors little finger oh little finger's accent changed every episode yeah he was definitely not nearly as irish as he then became he's a terrible a no. and then in the narnia films that they did prince caspian definitely of a hispanic variety played by ben barnes in voyage of the dawn treader he's just as english as they come i think they just basically went oh no one can understand you you've got quite a lot of lines in this one so i thought he did a good job of it oh no i quite liked the spanish i thought it was yeah. more authentic to be yeah. honest and he definitely i don't it. know what they're talking about oh <laughs> <laughs> come on it's another book <laughs> <laughs> no it's not it's a film it's a film of a book it is a i've film read of the line which in the wardrobe oh, yeah good. and what what else i do in my time is narnia business <laughs> So Pinocchio got accosted by this cat and fox who have told him there's a magic field where if he plants his coins, he'll grow money trees, which will 
I believe the maths was each coin makes 500 coins. So they were trying to tell him he'd have 2,500 coins at the end of his little gardening adventure. Yeah. Right. And Pinocchio fell for it and has decided to follow them. So that's where we are now. So should we find out what's happening then? Yeah, I guess so. Dive in, baby. Baby. <laughs> Chapter 13. Cat and fox and marionette walked and walked and walked. At last, toward evening, dead tired, they came to the inn of the Red Lobster. Let us stop here a while, said the fox, to eat a bite and rest for a few hours. At midnight we'll start out again, and at dawn tomorrow we must be at the Field of Wonders. Anyone who leaves an inn at midnight People who are comfortable walking around at night, it's because they're probably comfortable doing things they shouldn't be doing. If you're leaving under the cover of nightfall. Yeah, why why rest somewhere, like, just for dinner and then leave in the middle of the night room. again? No. They just can't afford a room. Because, you know, there are some hotels or, like, even motels in America where you can book it for, like, three hours, isn't it? So maybe that's all they had. I thought that was... by the hour. Yeah, I thought that was for, you know... Sex workers. As if anyone needs an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Ayo! You're like, you can rent by the hour. What do I do with the other 55 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get my money's worth, you know. (laughs) Oh, there's a trouser press. (laughs) (laughs) They went into the inn and all three sat down at the same table. However, not one of them was very hungry. The poor cat felt very weak, and he was able to eat only 35 mullets with tomato sauce and four portions of tripe with cheese. Oh, tripe. That's a lot. That's a lot of food. My cat won't finish one of, like, a whole day, won't finish, like, a pouch during the summer. Right? 35 Uh, mullets. I guess we're not not talking, like, an 80s haircut. We're talking... (laughs) Yeah, it's 35 80s haircut. It's a fish, right? Yeah, it's, it's a type of fish. I don't know what kind... I'm guessing like sardine. a sardine yeah, I was gonna or a guess white bait or something. Some kind of uh, anchovy sized. I hope so. I wonder if they're expecting Pinocchio to pay. Maybe they're just like <laughs> gorging themselves because they're like, oh yeah, he's got the money. It's all on him. His Is that treat. what they do? They just like take people to restaurants and like order loads and they were like, oh, I've left my wallet at home. <laughs> Moreover, he was so in need of strength, he had to have four more helpings of butter and cheese. The fox, after a great deal of coaxing, tried his best to eat a little. The doctor had put him on a diet, and he had to be satisfied with a small hare, dressed with a dozen young and tender spring chickens. After the hare, he ordered some partridges, a few pheasants, a couple of rabbits, and a dozen frogs and lizards. That was all. He felt ill, he said, and could not eat another bite. Right, they're taking him for a ride. (laughs) They're like, oh, you've got got five gold coins, haven't you? Pinocchio ate least of all. He asked for a bite of bread and a few nuts and then hardly touched them. The poor fellow, with his mind on the field of wonders, was suffering from a gold piece indigestion. Supper over, the fox said to the innkeeper, Give us two good rooms, one for Mr. Pinocchio and the other for me and my friend. Before starting out, we'll take a little nap. Remember to call us at midnight sharp, for we must continue on our journey. And then the innkeeper responds to the fox. Tenardier. Yes. But can you sing it as, can you sing it if what he says Masters as Master of, of the, the house. house? Yeah. You come, monsieur, sit yourself down. 
<laughs> I felt so like, like, I, I, felt uh, like uh, I only know the chorus, so I'll have to do that. Yes, sir, answered the innkeeper, <laughs> winking in a knowing way at the fox and the cat, as if to say, I understand. If he's winking at the fox and the cat, do you reckon this is all a... A ruse. Yeah, I wonder if like the innkeeper's almost in on it, like he knows that these two grifters kind of do this with people quite a lot. Yeah. Takes them to the inn. Yeah, it's all a in. it's all a pantomime just to kind of, you know, legitimize it. On the way to the field of wonders. Yes. Yeah. Which we head off to in the middle of the night because that's when sane people travel. It's a hustle, isn't it? It is. It, it is, is a hustle. Yeah. As soon as Pinocchio was in bed, he fell fast asleep and began to dream. He dreamed he was in the middle of a field. The field was full of vines heavy with grapes. The grapes were no other than gold coins, which tinkled merrily as they swayed in the wind. They seemed to say, Let him who wants us take us. Just as Pinocchio stretched out his hand to take a handful of them, he was awakened by three loud knocks at the door. It was the innkeeper who had come to tell him that midnight had struck. Are my friends ready? the marionette asked him. Indeed, yes, they went two hours ago. Went? Why in such a hurry? Unfortunately, the cat received a telegram which said that his firstborn was suffering from chillblains and was on the point of death. <laughs> He could not even wait to say goodbye to you. So is this what they do? They take the person with the money to an inn, eat all the food, and then scarper and leave them with the bill. So we thought we were after the money. Maybe they're just after a jolly. Yeah. Maybe, that's, maybe that's how they get fed every day. Yeah, Logically, that was very sometime. Sorry. But I'm so me, sorry. No, that was good. It sounded quite nice. I could, like, I could imagine that as a scene. A bit more Sweeney Todd. Slightly more Todd than... That's where my head's at today. Mm -hmm. Did they pay for the supper? No, of course they didn't, Pinocchio. (laughs) They paid for their two-thirds. I know he was born yesterday, but come on. How could they do such a thing? Being people of great refinement, they did not want to offend so deeply as not to allow you the honour of paying the bill. <laughs> the honour. Love it. I love that. Da, 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 da. Too bad. That offence would have been more pleasing to me, said Pinocchio, scratching his head. Where did my good friends say they would wait for me? He added. At the Field of Wonders, at sunrise tomorrow morning. Pinocchio paid a gold piece for the three suppers and started on his way toward the field that was to make him a rich man. So he's only going to get 2,000 coins now because he's lost one. It's good to know that you can get like good value. umpteen chickens and a pheasant and all that Eat stuff. Eat out to help out. Just, yeah, but it's just gold one good coin. gold piece. <laughs> Is it? Re- yeah, well, I suppose, yeah. You think a, t- a 24 carat, like piece of gold like that would be worth a lot he walked on not knowing where he was going for it was dark so dark that not a thing was visible round about him not a leaf stirred a few bats skimmed his nose now and again and scared him half to death once or twice he shouted who goes there and the faraway hills echoed back to him who goes there who goes there who goes As he walked, Pinocchio noticed a tiny insect 
glimmering on the trunk of a tree, a small being that glowed with a pale, soft light. Who are you? he asked. I am the ghost of the talking cricket. <laughs> answered, <Okay>. the, <laughs> answered the little being in a faint voice that sounded as if it came from a faraway world. So that's how... So maybe that's... Oh, Disney justified it. Yeah, because we were sitting there going, how is this cricket going to be his conscience for the whole story if he died in the first chapter he arrived? But that's obviously how. Maybe he does come back as this well, spirit go. that yep. haunts Pinocchio, but maybe in the Disney film they went, oh, that's too harsh to kill him off, so we'll just leave that he stays alive for the whole thing. And also, if you remember, the cricket was massive. Yeah, wasn't it was. It? And this one is... A tiny Small. insect on trunk of a tree. So now he can sit on his shoulder. Yeah. Why would he want to give advice to the person that killed him? I don't care how, you know, he's like, oh, he's, he's just young and full of folly. I'd be like, no, that's not my unfinished yeah. business. He was 100. Maybe he was like, you know, just put me out of my misery. What do you want? Asked the marionette. I want to give you a few words of good advice. Return home. And give the four gold pieces you have left to your poor old father, who is weeping because he has not seen you for many a day. Tomorrow, my father will be a rich man, for these four gold pieces will become two thousand. Don't listen to those who promise your wealth overnight, my boy. As a rule, they are either fools or swindlers. Listen to me and go home. But I want to go on. The hour is late. I want to go on. The night is very dark. I want to go on. The road is dangerous. I want to go on. Remember that boys who insist on having their own way sooner or later come to grief. The same nonsense. Goodbye, Cricket. Goodbye, Pinocchio. And may heaven preserve you from the assassins. There was silence for a minute, and the light of the talking cricket disappeared suddenly, just as if someone had snuffed it out. Once again, the road was plunged in darkness. End of chapter. Ooh. Ooh. So he really hasn't learned because after the last time he disobeyed the cricket, he sat there and went, Oh, the cricket was right. I should have listened. Why didn't I listen to him? You know, after the food thing. He's seen yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. He's been- and he's had this second opportunity now to do the right thing this time, and he's done the wrong thing again. Muppet. The little wooden boy has had his eyes untimely torn away by the follies of materialism and capitalism, when a sage voice on his shoulder gives him something, he ignores mm-hmm. it. He is gone. Something oh. like that. They'll put that, they'll put that straight on the, uh, the Sparknotes page when they create one. <laughs> That's the sort of thing it is. Yeah. Directly lifted from the Lazy Book Club. I was upset about the fact that we've not found any Sparknotes and I've been confronted with my own limitations of analyzing literary literature and feeling like my analysis has lacked the depth that was present in Peter Pan and Alice's Adventures. So I have been scouring the net for analysis of Pinocchio and things like that. And while they don't go chapter to chapter, they do talk kind of thematically about what the basis of the story is about. And I think this is quite a good 
place to jump in with this because it involves money and, you know, be careful of people who say that you'll get rich overnight. This is from the Wikipedia page on Pinocchio. The structure of the story of Pinocchio follows that of the folktales of peasants who venture out into the world but are naively unprepared for what they find and get into ridiculous situations. At the time of writing the book, this was a serious problem arising partly from the industrialization of Italy, which led to a growing need of reliable labor in the cities. The problem was exacerbated by similar more or less simultaneous demands for labor in the industrialization of other countries. One major effect was the immigration of much of the Italian peasantry to cities and to foreign countries such as the United States. So it's basically saying like you've got these rural folks who are just kind of like toil the land and they understand that world. And then through industrialization, they're being told you can be rich if you head into the city and sell your labor to a factory or in manufacturing or whatever. And they're getting there and they're just getting swindled because they just don't have this head for business. And they've been told, they just naively believe these promises that were told to them by these fat cats at the top of you come and work for me and I'll make you rich. And that's actually what the basis of this story is all about. Pinocchio is meant to be a representation of this very naive, innocent kind of farmland peasant who's headed out to seek his fortune and has unfortunately, due to his lack of education and naivety, become scuppered. Oh, so the whole, the fox and the cat are, represent the greed of industrious fat cats. They are fat cats, I suppose, yeah. I wonder if it was noteworthy because we were always surprised that they described the amount of food that they ate was not significant. Mm. I wonder if it was like it exaggerated that that was for them completely normal. And obviously yes. compared to what Pinocchio ate, which was miserly, there's another comparison there. It's like to excess, more money, more food than they need. Pinocchio, a bare morsel, not enough. Yeah. So maybe that's like a little symbol. And what's interesting as well is that maybe there is a bigger metaphor here for capitalism where he's the person paying for the meal, yet he's the one who eats the least. And I know that, like, looking back, I mean, this is me putting my politics head on now. (laughs) If you look back at something like Marx, he would argue that the working class are the people who pay the biggest price in the generation of wealth, yet take the smallest gain. Yeah. So maybe there is something here, even in this little meal that they're having, that's playing a bigger part in, you know, painting a picture of social class economics and kind of capitalism as a whole. But I definitely think that we underestimated Pinocchio in terms of its metaphorical depth or what it was trying to say. We were looking very surface and it wasn't until I read that analysis this week that it made me realise, oh, actually, I've just missed what the purpose of Pinocchio as a character was. And now you know what he represents. You then notice the life lessons a lot more. Yeah. Mini blub, mini blub, mini blub. Never gets old. Oh, no, Never it's does. Great. Absolutely great. I don't know why I imagine I imagine there being like a thousand sock puppets all like flapping <laughs> singing that. <gasps> it that would be the like next muffins. thing. I could do like ah, oh, I could do do it like a Zoom call, but with puppets with eyeballs. With sock puppets. <laughs> this is your homework. So good for next week. I want to see a video of you wearing the lobster hat doing all the Fortunately, puppets. I've got like 
work coming up now. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I yeah, I've, I've got days where I can just do ridiculously. Why not? Pointless things. things. I mean, I could technically. But, Stop yeah. showing off that you have work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw income. <laughs> Jeez. I don't think we're quite equal yet in terms of going first. So I think David should go first again. All right then. I'm just going to play it safe because I know Josh rewards points for even getting like the correct theme. Mm. Uh, so Pinocchio goes to sign the uh, Field of Wonder. I'm going to guess that he doesn't get to the field yet because the chapters are quite short. So I'm going to say Pinocchio leaves the inn and gets jumped by bandits. Ooh. I should probably explain my noise there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were all sitting in the like, like, What does that mean? No. <laughs> I'm going to give David... Um, one ninety seventh of a point. Oh wow! Pinocchio. Just because Pinocchio <laughs> is in it. So that, that's a good thing. So you always you can always bank a point by saying Pinocchio. Always get yeah. something. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as a point. Uh, very much a fraction of a point. But you've got something, uh, Matt. However, I'm going to go so far as to say five sixths of a point. Oh my goodness. I don't even know how many that is. It's almost That's a full point. A hole. It's almost a four point. It's one sixth shy of a full point. With Amazing. all of your others, you've probably made up a full point now. You might okay. even have a full point. So you're winning by a point after like eight episodes. <laughs> because he's mentioned there being like, oh, I hope you don't get jumped, basically, is pretty much uh, what he said at the end. Well, yeah. He, it, the last thing that the cricket says is, good night, Pinocchio, and may heaven preserve you from the assassins. That's what I was, yeah. Yeah. So if so the assassins if, are coming, if you jumped on that, you would have realised that the mini blurb for chapter fourteen would that just is... be like the woodcutters for Pinocchio? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> the or lumber, the arsonists. The, the, the lumberjacks. lumberjacks are coming. <laughs> uh, no, the chapter fourteen mini blurb is Pinocchio, not having listened to the good advice of the talking cricket, falls into the hands of the assassins. Oh, so he's going to get jumped by assassins. Let's just jump straight into it. Chapter fourteen. Oh dear. Dear, when I come to think of it, said the marionette to himself as he once more set out on his journey, we boys are really very unlucky. Everybody scolds us. Everybody gives us advice. Everybody warns us. If we were to allow it, everyone would try to be a father and mother to us. Everyone, even the talking cricket. Take me, for example. Just because I would not listen to that bothersome cricket... Who knows how many misfortunes may be awaiting me? Assassins indeed. At least I have never believed in them, nor never will. To speak sensibly, I think assassins have been invented by fathers and mothers to frighten children who want to run away at night. And then, even if I were to meet them on the road, what matter? I'll just run up to them and say, Well, signori, what do you want? Remember that you can't fool with me. Run along and mind your business. At such a speech, I can almost see those poor fellows running like the wind. But in case they don't run away, I can always run myself. That was a monologue. Uh, every single one of our listeners is like, yeah, all right, we can't have too much, Pinocchio. <laughs> That's excessive. It's hurting my ears. Turn it down. Yeah. I do love how he's literally setting up the pride before the fall. He's just sitting there going, assassins, uh, only idiots believe in that. What a load of yeah. I'm more smart than that. Da, 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 da. And you just know that you're just like Pinocchio behind the next tree. <laughs> Pinocchio was not given time to argue any longer. 
for he thought he heard a slight rustle among the leaves behind him. Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a wooden puppet. I knew you were going to jump on the Russell thing. I knew it. I knew it. He turned to look, and behold, there in the darkness stood two big black shadows. Yes. <laughs> wrapped from head to foot in black sacks. The two figures leaped toward him as softly as if they were ghosts. Can I just say, it ruins the illusion of these um, very sophisticated, kind of live, when you say they're wearing black sacks. Imagine them in bin bags. <laughs> bin, like. Yeah, bin bags, that's it. <laughs> Full on Could bin Could you bags. imagine an assassin in like a skin-tight kind of cat suit that doesn't get yeah. caught on things and just, <laughs> just walking up in this big bag? <laughs> I think it's one of the uh, the drawstring bin bags and like the little yellow things, <laughs> and you, and you pull the little yellow drawstrings like around the neck, around, <laughs> and it You're makes looking it... like Dobby the house elf with <laughs> a little bin bag at the little bin bag bow tie. They like having to like waddle over. Hilarious. <laughs> Here they come. Pinocchio said to himself. <laughs> he, he just surprised. said. He just said that. Oh no, there's a, that's not going to be there. Here they come. <laughs> What make you I always right? imagine it kind of like, a, oh, here they come. Like, of course, of course, I'm going to get attacked by assassins because I'm that unlucky person. My first week has been fairly eventful. So why would I be surprised? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Pinocchio said to himself and not knowing where to hide the gold pieces, he stuck all four of them under his tongue. Okay. Of course he did. <laughs> he was going to stick them up his bum. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> all four of them check. up his bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got a big tongue to get four gold pieces under there. Does that mean he's going to have to talk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going forward, you need to make Pinocchio sound like he's got four gold pieces I'm under his tongue. Uh, we're doing it. That's it. Commit to it. Yeah. Could I just also point out, he is wearing a hat of dough. If there's anywhere to stick things, you should just go like that oh, and just shoved it in the dough. Yes. Idiot. He tried to run away, but hardly had he taken a step when he felt his arms grasped and heard two horrible, deep voices say to him, My suggestion would be Russian Romanov kind of spy person. Uh, so I'm doing Russian? But make him, yeah, make him really menacing. Okay. Your money or your life. On account of the gold pieces in his mouth, Pinocchio could not say a word. <laughs> It was not a smart place to put the uh, coins. No. So he tried with his head and hands and body to show as best as he could that he was only a poor marionette without a penny in his pocket. So he's just playing charades. Uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of trying how to do act you, How out. do you act out life? <laughs> how, do <you> like, <laughs> how do you act out? I am but a poor marionette without money. <laughs> it's something from like hair. I go, no money. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> the interpretive Russian dancers. Yeah. I did just look like a figure skater. You did very much. Come, come, less nonsense and out with your money, cried the two thieves in threatening voices. <gasps> Once more, Pinocchio's head and hands said, I haven't a penny. He said it with his head in his hands. Though. Do you know whose voices these two should have been? What now? <gasps> I think they should have been Timon and Pumbaa. You can't Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, do you think? If you're a grifter and you know you've got an idiot with money, what you're going to keep hitting them until you get all the money. 
I'm surprised so. the author didn't ruin it at the start of the theatre. That's like, yeah, it's true. The, the cat and the fox dress up in bing bags and pretend to be Russian, <laughs> <laughs> which would explain their sloppy attire. Maybe they just last minute went, oh crap, what can we wear? Bing bags. Wait, in man, innkeeper, <laughs> you got a bing bag? <laughs> yeah, they got the clear ones for recycling. No. <laughs> Out with that money, or you're a dead man," said the taller of the two assassins. "Dead man." <gasps> See, I told you. You're right," repeated the other, because the cat always repeated what the yes. fox said. After having killed you, we will kill your father also. Your father also. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you put a slight little American lilt on that last one. Now you know it's trying. the cat. I yeah, can't... now you know it's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, 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 not my father! Cried Pinocchio, wild with terror. But as he screamed, the gold pieces tinkled together in his mouth. Ah, you rascal. So that's the game. You have the money hidden under your tongue. Out visit. But Pinocchio was as stubborn as ever. Are you deaf? Wait, young man. We'll get it from you in a twinkling. One of them grabbed the marionette by the nose and the other by the chin and they pulled him unmercifully from side to side in order to make him open his mouth. All was of no use. The marionette's lips might have been nailed together they would not open. Well, they are wood, so I imagine they'd be it's quite, quite... Yeah. It's quite a grip. In desperation, the smaller of the two assassins pulled out a long knife from his pocket and tried to pry Pinocchio's mouth open with it. Quick as a flash, the marionette sank his teeth deep into the assassin's hand, bit it off and spat it out. Oh! Whoa! Wow. That got... That got dark. Really dark, really fast. A full hand as well. <laughs> <laughs> but wait for the next sentence. I mean, imagine it's like a a paw. Well, wait for the next sentence, man. Okay, You're sorry, ruining it. Okay. Fancy his surprise when he saw that it was not a hand, but a cat's paw. There you go. There it is. Uh. Encouraged by this first victory, he freed himself from the claws of his assailers and, leaping over the bushes along the road, ran swiftly across the fields. His pursuers were after him at once, like two dogs chasing a hare. After running seven miles or so, what? Pinocchio... This is quite precise. Seven miles or so. <laughs> After running seven miles or so, Pinocchio was well nigh exhausted. Seeing himself lost, he climbed up a giant pine tree and sat there to see what he could see. The assassins tried to climb also, but they slipped and fell. Far from giving up the chase, this only spurred them on. They gathered a bundle of wood, piled it up at the foot of the pine, and set fire to it. Oh, that's pretty mean. This has turned into Hunger Games. This is a bit Hunger Gamesy. Yeah, that's just like yeah, Katniss is stuck up a tree, and, and then they, she gets yeah. the, the hornet's nest. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Jackers, yeah. Yeah. In a twinkling, the tree began to sputter and burn like a candle blown by the wind. Pinocchio saw the flames climb higher and higher. Not wishing to end his days as a roasted marionette, he jumped quickly to the ground and off he went, the assassins close to him as before. Dawn was breaking when, without any warning whatsoever, Pinocchio found his path barred 
by a deep pool full of water, the colour of muddy coffee. What was there to do? With a one, two, three, he jumped clear across it. The assassins jumped also, but not having measured their distance well, splash! They fell right into the middle of the pool. Pinocchio, who heard the splash and felt it too, cried out laughing, but never, <laughs> but never stopping in his race. A pleasant bath to you, signori. <laughs> Excellent line. I love that Pinocchio has bants. <laughs> Excellent line. It's like almost James Bond worthy. It that is. pretty good, yeah. He thought they must be surely drowned and turned his head to see. But there were the two sombre figures still following him, though their black sacks were drenched and dripping with water. End of chapter. I knew who the assassins were. You well knew. Yeah. Hippocrate is in the pose. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is quite interesting, and I don't know if you noticed that, it's the wrong person, but do you remember one of them was pretending to be lame when he first met them? Yeah. And now one of them is. It was the, it was the lame fox and the blind cat. It was the lame cat. fox, yeah. But now, now the cat the, is lame. The blind cat is lame, yeah. Mm. And maybe the lame fox will become blind. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That would be fun. But I, I was just, when, when I heard you say like, oh, it's a cat's paw, I was like, oh, you see, that's the comeuppance, almost what they were pretending to be at the start. One yeah, of them has say, now become. you do become... know they were making it up. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, were... I knew they were oh, making it up before. Oh, I believe them. No, no, no. no we knew <laughs> we were making it up, but what, what's happened is, you know, what they were pretending has now happened to one of them anyway. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So I'm, I'm waiting to see when the fox gets his eyes gouged out, probably in horrific fashion at some point. Just Pinocchio is going to let out a war scream. And they'll be like melted out with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> it does seem to be like that. Like that was brutal. Just just yamming off some guy's hand. <laughs> yamming off. <laughs> yeah. That was his, na- that was his Russian out. name. Yamming Yamin off. <laughs> and my name is Alexander Nopor. <laughs> But what is kind of nice is that rather than Pinocchio getting his comeuppance, which is what has happened up till this point, these guys are getting their comeuppance. Yeah. So even though Pinocchio has made the wrong decision, you suddenly go, he's rising to the occasion. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not just going to give you this money. I'm going to make you work for it. I'm going to fight back. Which is nice. And I do now, whereas earlier on, I might have been like, this boy's an idiot. Yeah. What is he doing? And stop being horrible to your dad. I now I'm like, Oh no, I hope he doesn't catch him. Yeah. Like, I now care about Pinocchio. At some point along the line, I made the transition to actually care if he survives or not. But I think he is likable. Unlike Peter Pan, I never felt that redemption to Peter where I was cheering for him. Yeah. And maybe it might also be because I really liked Captain Hook. So I was kind of fine yeah. if Captain Hook had won. Yeah. Whereas here, yeah, you, 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 are, you do find yourself cheering for him. Yeah, he still gets the benefit of the doubt, even though he's a murderer as well. Yeah. I think maybe the fact that the cricket came back and seems to have forgiven him and still wants to give him advice makes me think, oh, well, if the cricket's not mad... Yeah, I, I can't hold mad. it against him. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> well, he's, um, well, he does... He acts like where Peter Pan acted pu- like in, in knowledge of what he was doing. Pinocchio is completely selfless. See, that's why he can't... Yes. He's st- he's, he's, he can't be selfish because he has no... Cap- he has no he doesn't know any better. of what it is yeah. to do things in his own interest. He's purely on instinct. Mm-hmm. There's a naivety there. 
Yeah. That you can so, and it works and it works both ways. So he, mm. he has some form of compassion sometimes. Uh, yeah. Whereas other times he's literally just like ah, which is probably why he's quite good at like defending himself because it's all just instincts and he must have this survival mm. sort of indoctrinated instinct within him. I don't know. Pinocchio could essentially plus a few hundred years become Peter Pan because he is again a character who is perpetually stuck in a child's body. Yeah. So it would be interesting. This is almost like, well, are we, are we actually seeing what Peter Pan would have started out as, i.e. this naive kid who's kind of still making his way. And then after a couple hundred years of never evolving and never changing and never growing up, is it the case that this, that's Pinocchio's future? And the talking cricket morphs into Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is a little light. <laughs> she is a little light. But you know, I'm just saying, it's just interesting. The last two books have been about characters who are perpetually kids, but one of them's at the start of their life and one of them's kind of a few hundred years in. Yeah, it's true. Mini blub, mini blub, mini blub. What, what is happening? What is happening? Mini blub. I still think it needs that record scrub at the end just yeah. to really finish it off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some drums underneath. Are you I'll going first, David, or shall I go first? Uh, I've done do the last two, so it's, it's your. Yeah. Thing. Do you want? Do you want to go second? Because I feel like it's easier to go second. Maybe. Yeah. Because my face gives nothing away. Do you know what? This time I really can't guess too much. It yeah. Is I I feel like we're not done with the chase. No. He's still running. Pinocchio is pursued by the assassins, but manages to give them the slip. And heads towards the field of wonders. The assassins reveal themselves to be uh, the cat and fox and meet a sticky end. Oh, that's a good one. As in they like run into a stick or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 the uh, stick's too big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, I will give uh, Matt one eleventh of a point. Oh, it's a lot less, isn't it? It's quite a lot less than okay, the last yeah. one you got. Yeah, <clears throat> you have to clarify for me because yeah, I no still shot. don't understand yeah. how this system works. Point zero nine. And David, you can have one sixteenth of a point. Oh, that's a shame. Not quite as close. Yeah. Oh, uh, so he gets less. He gets less. Oh, okay. Not point not six. So mm. I was closer. David said Pinocchio wins. Yeah. And you said Pinocchio gets away by default. Yeah, but he doesn't necessarily get rid of them for good. No. They might come back later. However, sadly, uh, chapter 15's mini blurb is, the assassins chase Pinocchio, catch him, and hang him to the branch of a giant oak tree. Oh, God. <laughs> so There's no cliffhangers in this blimmin' podcast. I know. Well, Everyone's like, oh, cool, I can't wait for next Tuesday. Well, now you already know. Don't I mean, <laughs> this is really like on PC. They've essentially lynched Pinocchio. Well, it doesn't say he gets hanged. It just says they hang him. They just him. said they hang him. That means they've hung him. Or do they like knock it? Like, is that know, the same him? as a hanging? It's either I think a crucifixion or a hanging. I mean, he's oh, made of yeah. wood, so I don't think he's going to die. They're going to be a... waiting a very long time for him to suffocate. Or he's just going to become one with the tree. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to commune with it and become ultra mega Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. An ent, an ent of the uh, Oak, wood, wood. elm, birch. <laughs> Those are all the trees I know. Every time someone walks past, he goes, "Oh, willow." 
Well, if you have any thoughts and opinions on the last two chapters, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or why not spend your time on Twitter and talk to us? Our handle is at lazybookclubpod. Or for a slightly more characters per message, you could go on Instagram at lazybookclubpod. So if you want to find out whether Pinocchio dies or not in the next chapter, maybe he comes back as a ghost like the cricket, who knows, then tune in next week. We'll see you there. Adios.